people of Earth, your planet is to be destroyed. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Connor McSpadden. So welcome to Conspiracy the Show, I think. <laughs> we're still not firm on the title, yeah. but it's what we're calling it right now. We're recording these. Might seem as though we've had two to weeks back. to deliberate this, but uh, no, in fact. It, uh, these... it has not. No. We uh, we do these all at once because it's just easier that way. We're, we're busy, guys. Yeah. I mean. How are me cut... and Connor going to come up with two days a month where we're free in the afternoon? We live four minutes away. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. I could walk. I, I was place. I was very much considering. I was like, no, I'll pay $20 for parking. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. It's. Yeah, you live super close. It's Preposterously crazy. close. Like right I, up, literally I, right up the street. I'm in Echo Park. I've always started with the idea of doing a visual game where I show you a picture and you have to play Echo Park or Aleppo. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like the walk uh, over here would be a little bit more of an adventure. But Yeah, yeah, it would be a tense walk for sure. So uh, what are we talking about today? A lot of tents lining the street. Today we're talking about ancient nuclear war. Yes. A uh, subject very near and dear to my heart. Uh, ancient aliens, uh, I think, are, are, are a ton of fun. This is a, Such a fun show to watch. It, it, it is. Yeah. Well, I, I operate in a space when I listen to conspiracy theory-related media uh, where while I'm listening to it, I just take it as true. I oh think yeah, this for sure. You, this is you know coast to coast AM on, on on AM radio. Just while you're in the car at two in the morning, fucking chemtrails are out there. Yeah, all right, it's just, all true. Just give that to yourself, and the drive <laughs> will go a lot quicker. Yeah, Ancient Aliens is a lot more enjoyable to watch if you don't go in super skeptical. Yeah, it's like a magic show. Don't be looking for the wires. Yeah, you know, just have a good time. Let's check out the guy's hair. Uh, now, now this actually brings up two things that I hadn't heard of before because uh, most of the ancient alien things that I've uh, did and I've seen and heard about, it, like the chariot of the gods stuff, and you know the pictures of these crafts, and like oh we put them in a wind tunnel and they're actually flying. These are there are people that are claiming that there's ancient nuclear explosions on Earth, you know, that weren't naturally occurring, right? And also on Mars, also on Mars. All right, yeah. so I think you probably start with Earth first. Yeah, well, we know of a couple that happened on Earth for sure. Yeah, the tests. Yeah. I don't, think, was... I don't think there's been one since... I'd... Well, JFK signed the nuclear testing agreement, but I think yeah. I think it, it may have been, you know... So around the 60s was probably the last time. Yeah, the last a... U.S. nuclear test. Yeah. Like, countries like France. The... France was testing mm -hmm. on people in French Polynesia, like, into the mid-90s. Because they're like, yeah, those natives. Yeah, they're not going to know if they get cancer. They're just going to think it's God. Yeah, <laughs> just think they've been cursed. It's fine. One of their wacky gods. <laughs> so yeah, there've been a lot of nuclear tests, but we're still the only country to ever drop one in war. Yep. And by that I mean two. Yep. August 6, nineteen forty-five, and August ninth, nineteen forty-five, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, Japan, respectively. We dropped. Atomic bombs on them. Our first, uh, we, we started the atomic bomb project. It was signed off on by Roosevelt in 42. We tested our first bomb in 45. Interesting quote, Robert Oppenheimer, after testing the first nuclear explosion, uh, when asked if this was indeed the first nuclear explosion, he replied, yes, in modern times. That is weird that he said that. Yeah. I don't think that he was... Thinking about the, uh, the some of the uh, the glass deposits that we're going to be talking about, but it it's one of these things where I you almost want to go back and tell people like, oh, just phrase that a little differently because people are going to speculate like a motherfucker. Yes, yes. You know? 
But he did seem to be into the belief that there was some sort of ancient weapon in India because he did quote, he quoted uh, uh, the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. I think it's pronounced. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. That was his quote after we finally dropped the bomb. It's one of those things where like, like way it's almost, to be dramatic, almost dude. like Neil Armstrong. We're like, how many drafts did you go through before you got to one small step for a man, one giant leap? You know, he's like, yeah, uh, how many ancient scriptures like, oh, should I do the Valley of Death? Should I do death, destroy of worlds? Uh, yeah. And then everyone heard the Neil Armstrong quote wrong. Oh, yeah. That's why I, I quoted it correctly. Yeah, one you did. step for a man. Yeah, because everyone, everyone heard. Because I'm what we call a space dick. Right? <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about the Gemini program. We'll talk about the Gemini program. <laughs> everyone heard one small step for man, which would make the quote make no sense. Yeah. Because that was a huge step for man. Gigantic step. But, uh, yeah, one small step for yeah, a man. Yeah, it almost contradicts itself. Like, one small step for man, but a giant leap for mankind. Like, mm, are you yeah. talking about the wrestler? This is all <laughs> falling apart. Yeah, but it does make more sense when you put the A in there. Yeah, but, I mean, that audio sounded like it was recorded on that uh, lawyer's dictaphone in that uh, <laughs> oh, building during Oklahoma right? City. Hey, <laughs> callback. Yeah, that was. And I just set off an air horn for Oklahoma City. <laughs> Pour out some fucking compressed air. <laughs> For the 168 innocent lives. Is that how many it was? 168? I think so, yeah. Something like that. And like 680 injured. Put up some better numbers, McVeigh. Lazy bitch. You're not going to co-sign that with me? (laughs) God damn it, Connor. No, I haven't completely resigned myself to never being on TV, so... I'm going I'm to I'm I'm just well, wait that I one out. I have. <laughs> it's okay. we got the wolf lamp and the Patreon. We're good. That's right. So uh, let's talk about one of the first theories around ancient nuclear war because everyone knows everyone about knows the, the american i mean there's if nuclear you, if you program wanna, i always thought truman was a good president but the more i'm learning about it i'm thinking this guy's a fucking asshole oh have you seen the untold story of the united states yeah yeah i was watching that that read a few other things the truman episode's crazy it's fucking like, bonkers he yeah. turned into a total cunt oh and after all these atomic, we dropped atomic the scientists fucking convene and start like you know, like signing this, you know, the declaration of, you know, intent by their group that this should, these should never be used again. They should, should yeah. cease all testing. And he's just like, get the fuck out of my office, Jew. And you're like, whoa, yeah. geez. <laughs> whoa, Harry. <laughs> yeah, he turned into a real piece of shit after we got that bomb. Oh, and it uh, was one where he's drinking with Churchill. And Churchill's like, oh, when we get up to the to the gates and we have to talk to Sp- St. Peter, we're going to have some explaining to do about this mess, which is really like what you would say if World War II was like a, you know, 60s like cop drama and you needed that fun <laughs> end of the episode riff, you know, like, oh, I tell you the Thunderbirds have had a wacky weekend. And then Truman's just like, yeah, no, whatever. Yeah, no, I ain't got to explain shit. Just put a bunch of Japs. All right, they're fine. <laughs> just raise this piece of shit. But the, the the ancient nuclear bomb that people are theorizing when they, when they tested it in New Mexico the the Trinity test all the glass on the desert floor of the, of the sand on the desert floor turned to like this green glass right type you know substance and they they're saying that they found deposits of identical green glass in a subcontinent of India which leads them to believe that there was an advanced civilization capable of doing this and there's m- multiple layers of you know agricultural societies or evidence of agriculture yeah. and stuff you know above and below it so that you know that you can see the kind of like uh the receipts of of mankind's yeah. civilizations pass underneath it when the uh in the soil deposits yeah it's uh the substance is called trinitite and it was not uh, one of the shitty new pokemon <laughs> but rather and it's a glassy residue that was left on the desert floor 
after the Trinity nuclear bomb test. So, like, this substance is basically named after our nuclear, our first nuclear bomb test, which was also called Trinity. And it's a thing that shows up, like, it takes a really intense heat to produce this. Yeah. Another another interesting thing I read is that one of King Tut's necklaces, one of the pieces of is of uh, Trinitite. Yeah. Yeah. Which is that's that's some fucking crazy shit. Yeah, that's that's insane. Although I mean if you're a pharaoh, I mean that's like yeah, give me a piece of a meteorite for a ring. Uh give me some of that nuclear <laughs> glass for my necklace. Just whatever's fallen from this. It's probably what killed him. <laughs> Putting that yeah, on seriously. his necklace that probably gave him throat cancer. Or that or the shit. incest. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it too. But yeah, this Trinitite is is one of the things that shows up. Should we watch the Ancient Aliens clip? I think we should. I think this will give us a. This will say what we're trying to say in uh, both more and less eloquent terms. <laughs> they explain it so much better. All right, here we go. This had long ago shaped the Earth's history. Atomic warfare among ancient civilizations may sound like something out of a science fiction novel. Sort of, yes. of similar deadly occurrences can be found in the very but same But we need to sell advertising. <laughs> after the New Mexico atomic test. I remembered the line from the Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. Boy, does he look morose. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a straight-up vampire. Looks like someone who just killed millions of people in Japan and is regretting it. <laughs> Part of an ancient Hindu scripture. It's a unique look. Known as the <laughs> you know those like facial expression <laughs> charts they give to people with autism? You know, yeah. like this is when, when someone's happy. This is when, they're sad. This is when someone uh, murdered a <laughs> bunch of people. They'll never know. This 100,000 verse text contains stories about the ancient empire of Rama, which it is said existed over 12,000 years ago, or roughly 5,000 years before the earliest recorded yeah, the, civilization Yeah, the problem with ancient aliens is they never cite their sources. Like, if you read the ancient Indian epics, they read like modern day I science. Mean, this fiction. is everyone's favorite guy. Yeah, this Thousands is the guy that's a, old, a notorious meme. Giorgio Sukolos. Flying chariots and of these gods that had these incredible technological capabilities. But See right here, I would. I, I don't think elephants are very aerodynamic. Yeah, one of the one of the they arguments people make what was called a is that. When people were seeing this, the only reference point they, they had oh, were, were animals. Oh yeah, I mean, and and you also see that there's a there's an, a group of islanders where they were air airdropped like aid, like crates full of supplies and shit by these uh -huh. planes. So they started worshiping the planes, and they they thought the planes <laughs> were gods, and they like created yeah. like a replica of a plane and set it on fire to try to summon the plane gods <laughs> and shit like that. And so I I mean I'm I'm not disputing that that was just a little goof. But yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is like, uh, what's uh, these things are going so fast? What what do we have that goes fast? Uh, fucking chariot, birds, elephants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. those don't go fast. Put I, it in there anyway. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, we yeah. get. <laughs> we'll be dead before anyone cares. All right. So let's get and back to it. Nancy Redstar. She's our she's our Ancient source for this. Theorists believe the Brahma weapon was an early nuclear device because the descriptions of its deadly after effects are eerily similar to the effects of exposure to intense radiation. This, he started folding a thousand paper cranes. That was weird. conventional science. <laughs> Sadako, Joe. There is no evidence that a nuclear bomb was described in the Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita. See, that, that's, 
it describes that guy also pr- pronounced uh, Bhagavad Gita the way my dad pronounces guacamole. When <laughs> the boggly boggly boo, hey, there ain't no evidence. It's one thing about suggesting bad hair day that, for this know, guy. He looks like Cat Williams with hair like that. <laughs> he does, yeah. Really. What and pulling it back, a questionable move when you have that level of forehead. Picture. Yeah, for sure. He, he needs some bangs. One reference that we have, like, for example, speaks for so big, of he, he got the Charles Manson swastika, he could do the eagle on top of it, too. Suns <laughs> now, see, this part he's talking the about, were in the, air. the, the trees people who debunk this actually have a point. Mass destruction. Because what he's referencing is actually blasts, from a book written by French conspiracy theorists in the 60s. Yeah, the where they translated out. it to basically I mean, fit the Yeah. They have a concise reference to radiation poisoning, nuclear fallout. But the, and, and we'll read the, I know we're talking over this, old. we'll read the quote in a, in a bit. But what bothers me about this, and we'll also but get to this more, is people latch on to that one thing that these people get wrong, and they're like, well, then everything they say is wrong. Yeah, like, Which, oh, the guy that came up with this fucked a kid. And you're like, well, you know, in the off hours, you had <laughs> pretty good journalistic uh, integrity. skills. Yeah. Found the right kid to fuck, so. I mean, yeah, he kept quiet yeah, for 20 years. Like, <laughs> he had a good run. He was able to get a lot of good research done. <laughs> in 1922... An officer with an Indian archaeological survey group discovered the ruins of an ancient city known as Mohenjo-Daro. So Mohenjo-Daro is the site where a lot of people believe this ancient nuclear war happened. Had flourished between 2600 and 1900. And they're going to get into However, some of the reasons why they think it happened. Mohenjo-Daro is much older. Oh, mainstream archaeologists believe the city was abandoned as a result of climatic changes, or possibly a decrease in trade. Or, but when the ruins of Mohenjo-Daro were discovered in the 1920s, 44 skeletons were found. See this one, this this they're being a little shady about too, because a lot of these bodies were not found in the same. They spot. suffered a sudden, violent death. And some of them were actually buried. You have a culture of people who literally were lying dead in the street. Archaeologists have found human remains, and something big has happened what to these people. I've got to say archaeologists again. What, in fact, <laughs> did happen to the people of Mohenjo-Daro? See, that's the thing. No one knows Why what happened to these people. They know it was a really advanced civilization that just kind of disappeared. Why? At one point, to what to what level were they advanced? Do they do they say? You said like flushing toilets and yeah, they had like flushing toilets and working roadways. Uh, There's some suggestion that they had electricity. Oh yeah, one of those Baghdad batteries. Have you seen those? Yeah, yeah, it is actually. There's a write up for a battery in one of their ancient texts. But like clay pot batteries to nuclear weaponry is such a that's jump. a huge leap. Yeah, I mean, is you know, if you're implying that this that came from outside elements, I mean, that's Gita. a little more yeah. plausible. But like, I don't. That suffered the equivalent. I'll get into this in a second. Atomic attack. If you were advanced enough to create a nuclear weapon as humans, there'd be more evidence that you left behind. Like you had third BC metal and shit like that. Yeah, so that you, you know think. that would be. Rendered it in such a way, like, oh, this was done deliberately. Like, yeah. At Mohenjo-Daro, where everything appeared to have been fused through a transformative process known as vitrification. 
Vitrification is a process in which regular type of stone regular gets molten into a magma state. Aliens. And then it hardens again. But once the stone is hardened again, it feels like glass. At Mohenjo-daro, we find evidence of vitrification, which could have only been achieved if the material was exposed to extreme heat. Now, what people who disagree with this uh, this part say is Indian that there was a kiln that they used to make pottery, in the Sin Desert, but on the borders that produced that glass. But then why wouldn't we see more of that glass? Like, wouldn't that glass be it? Because kilns weren't rare. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't that Yeah, why wouldn't you see that in, you know, people with similar, yeah. you know, geographical composition? Weapons. Only it happened in ancient times. There's other evidence in parts of Yeah, this is like Africa sort of kind of a... It would seem to be I found like a sneaker sort of in my house. Yeah. My wife's fucking a black guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just the, the extrapolation is a, fun, but... Yeah. Sand into glass. And that, I mean, exactly that is a thing that happens when a nuclear bomb hits sand. It, it does make basically a big sea of glass. There's also one in Libya, though, and no one is 100% sure why there's a sea of glass in Libya. And there's no, um, like, civilization no. evidence around that. That one's just ran. That was where the aliens took a pot shot. Yeah, testing. Yeah. Tested their bomb there. And I quote... At one point, three giant cities were orbiting the Earth. And those giant cities were often described as being made of gleaming metal and iron. <laughs> iron. At one point, those three cities went to war with each other. Oh, yeah. And so there's spaceships fighting. Yeah, that's kind of when you look at the description or the the drawings from these texts. That's basically what it is: is three entities fighting in the Earth. sky. Yeah. And so when you read those passages, basically, Earth had three alien stepdads show up is, fight right. over India. <laughs> yeah. Our ancestors try to describe here. See, this is the thing: you can't. And I think that it was some type of a. Technology you can't fault them for making everything look like elephants and chariots in the sky. I mean, that's what they had. They're like, I can't draw a spaceship. I only saw it once for eight seconds. Yeah. I'll just say it's an elephant because we already... I'm pretty good at drawing those. We got all yeah. these gods and shit. <laughs> it's like a guy that does face painting. Like, can you do Darth Maul? And he's like, uh, you, you want to be Peter Chris from Kiss? It never was supernatural. Hmm. If, in fact, the Mahabharata is describing historical events, might we also find similar... <laughs> All right. I well, guess. what a well-edited clip yeah. for a prestigious uh, platform such as Ancient Aliens on the History Channel. <laughs> that ended abruptly. Might we also... <laughs> next <laughs> next video, uh, Prince playing Purple Rain Live. Oh, let's just go right into that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the Ancient Aliens description for what they think happened in the Indus Valley. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a website. See, this. we talked about this a little bit on the, the last episode. Whenever you bring up stuff like this, people want really hard, uh, verifiable references and sources for if you're on the side of the conspiracy. Yeah. But when it comes to debunking it, 
I promise you someone would send you a link to ancientaliensdebunked.com. Yeah. And be like, nope, it's been debunked already, bro. Snopes it, dude. Yeah. It's like, who the fuck are these people? And uh, some of their quotes, that is actually a website, ancientaliensdebunked.com. <laughs> and they have an article on ancient nuclear warfare. One of the things they bring up, one of the first problems, this is a quote, one of the first problems with this theory is the city itself. Its buildings are still intact, some of which are 15 feet high, and they're made out of mud. So you would think a nuclear weapon whose main destructive power is in the force of its blast wave would be able to topple a few mud brick buildings. You would think that I'd be able to live in a nicer house than people that lived 8,000 years ago, but (laughs) nope. See, I disagree with this point. Because that video we were just watching, they showed a bunch of test blasts where even trees just kind of bend and then snap back into place. Now, now here's, here's something that I'm struggling with. Was the, the sea of glass, is this underneath the city or is it near and around the city? It's at the Mohenjo-Daro site. I don't know that that sea of glass is actually confirmed. Oh, okay. They just say they've found evidence of vitrification there. Okay. It's, someone has claimed there's a sea of glass, but I've I haven't seen pictures of. I mean that that other stuff you're talking about in Pakistan sounds a little more interesting then because if this is just like bits and pieces here and there, that sounds very much like it's plausible that it's just the kilns that they're talking about. Yeah, you know. But uh, I mean, also if it's far enough away, I mean, if if you're far, if anything's far enough away from a nuclear bomb, I mean, there's a there's a sweet spot location where you're going to just get that like palm tree blowing in the wind yeah. fucking experience and then the slow uh, death of radiation but anything close to that you know anywhere near mud huts are not going to survive obviously right but the thing is if you're not right in that blast radius a mud hut wouldn't the heat from that just sort of make that stronger it would just sort of bake it into a harder brick right like that's how making i mean mud I mean, brick yeah, I mean, structures works. Mud structures are usually in pretty hot places. So yeah, and I think that's why they're in hot places. Yeah, because the the heat helps them fuse into something like a brick. It turns the mud into brick. It's weird to understand it in aliens. You have to uh, remember a social studies lecture about Adobe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, so it's three parts straw, four parts poop. No, okay. <laughs> so that that's their first thing they bring up when debunking this. They also bring up none of the archaeologists involved thought these skeletons suggested a sudden catastrophe, which is incorrect. The first archaeologist who found this location, uh, this is a quote. However, even though some of the original excavators interpreted the evidence in a way that suggested the bodies were linked by a single catastrophic event, they took the view that the catastrophe was a war and not a nuclear explosion. So that's fine. But that the way the, the site that's debunking this paints it is that no one ever said it was a single catastrophic this event. was a single catastrophic they obviously event. are not going to jump right to oh these people lying out to these mud huts must have been victims of nuclear warfare right yeah here's the passage that fucks everyone up this is uh, allegedly from the mahab mahabharata gurkha flying a swift that's the one gurkha flying a swift and powerful vimana hurled a single projectile charged with the power of the universe, an incandescent column of smoke and flame as bright as 10,000 suns rose with all its splendor. It was an unknown weapon, an iron thunderbolt, a gigantic messenger of death, which reduced to ashes the entire race of the Vrishnis and the Andhakas. The corpses were so burned as to be recognizable, 
Hair and nails fell out, pottery broke without apparent cause, and the birds turned white. After a few hours, all foodstuffs were infected. To escape from this fire, the soldiers threw themselves in streams to wash themselves and their equipment. So that sounds like nuclear poisoning. Yeah. Like that sounds like people suffering from the fallout of radiation. To play devil's advocate, I also feel like if you read enough scripture from any religion of which there is an innumerable amount of you could find shit that sounds like shit that happens today you know oh yeah for sure and this is like i discovered that if you play the star trek next generation intro and sync it up with last train to london by elo it works perfectly (laughs) i think much in the same way (laughs) you could also say that this you know a flowery description of this is just you know a, a coincidence yeah well, the thing is, this is but that the... in conjunction with the glasses, interesting. But I don't, I don't think yeah. it's. I'm not. This this doesn't have enough cohesion for yeah. me to, to, to the buy it. The problem is, it's really hard. Like, there's no way anyone's ever going to prove it. Yeah. Like, if there Jesus. was, if there was something like, oh, there's a you know a hundred circular acres of uh, this green glass underneath, yeah. it, and then you know in this nearby town they had this, and this is reported in this document which traces back to this area. I'd be like, okay, all right, but the, yeah, it's, it's all kind of seems a bit. Yeah, this one it it seems like they're kind of piecing things together a bit haphazard. Yeah, yeah. as seems... much as I want this to be true, this is fucking yeah. badass. It it kind of seems like. No one really knows, so both sides are just sort of piecing together their argument for why this could or couldn't happen. Yeah. And that that quote that everyone latches on to as proof that this happened is actually not from the Mahabharata, like people think it is, which that uh, it, it's from a book written in 1960 called The Morning Magicians, which was written by a team of French conspiracy theorists. And so if that passage is somewhere in the Mahabharata, no one's found it yet. So no, that's a, that's a problem. Con- people have Control-F'd. Yeah. <laughs> Control-F God squiggles. <laughs> I actually tried it. The problem is the, the Mahabharata is two million words long. Jesus and Christ. And it's got 19 different sections, which all have chapters of their own. Must be hard for like Hindu like proselytizing. You know, can't even get that down to like a little orange pocket Bible. Yeah, you know, I, they were selling USB versions of it on the site I was looking at. Oh, gee, they, they, too big to like Dropbox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just fucking email it to me. But I looked through that and I didn't find this quote. But there, there are references in that to things that sound like nuclear weapons, like the Masala Parva, which is section 16 of the Mahabharata. Part of that reads, when the next day came, Samva actually brought forth an iron bolt through which all the individuals in the race of the Vrishnis and the Andakas became consumed into ashes. Indeed, for the destruction of the Vrishnas and the Andakas, Samva brought forth through that curse a fierce iron bolt that looked like a gigantic messenger of death. So it kind of seems like similar to the Jules passage in Pulp Fiction where it's pieced together from several different Bible verses and you're not actually going to find it in there. It seems like they have, in the Morning Magician's book, sort of extrapolated on this piece. Yeah. Yeah, they basically, that quote that everyone uh, uses to back this up is exactly what you said, them piecing together different parts of the Mahabharata, into one quote that looks really damning. You see, yeah, I was about to say, this is significantly less damning because it, yep. it does not show the uh, the things that are... The giant bolt of fire from the sky, I feel like, is a fairly 
right easy thing to imagine if you're a god fearing uh, person of uh, you know the Indian subcontinent and, and what the fuck BC. But yeah. then if you add the the winds of plague and the foods infected and washing himself in the rivers and the birds turning white and all that, I feel like that those are all the details that really right. sell it. Whereas yeah. this is just like that's just copy and paste God's wrath type shit. Yeah, and I, I think and that, I can go back and be like, well, the Holy Spirit is clearly referring to Wi-Fi. I mean, they're the same concept. It's everywhere. <laughs> it fills you with love. Yeah, that's that's one of the problems with this this theory is that it it so much of it hinges on that passage when that passage is kind of I mean not completely fake like there are things in the Mahabharata that kind of correlate with that passage, but mm. the fact that they pieced it all together and tried to make it seem like one actual section in that book that's explicitly about nuclear war. I think that hurts their cause. I don't yeah. know whose cause it is, even is anymore because at the end of the day, who fucking cares? Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's fun to think about and to speculate about. Yeah. It, it is of no the only possible ramifications are we need to be ready for when the aliens come back with newts to settle this shit over yeah. the fucking <laughs> Yeah, and it could just as well mean that we had nuclear technology at one point and lost it, and now we've regained it. I See, I've always found that to be interesting when people talk about Atlantis and stuff like that, but I just don't think that there's any way that if a civilization got to that level, there would be no evidence. Because, I mean, we, the, the yeah. thing you think about this, any of the shit in this room is not going to biodegrade in, you know, 6,000 years. The headphones are going to look kind of like some shitty headphones, like right. the leather's going to be rotted away, or there's going to be a metal band with these weird... You know, like yeah. instruments at the end. So I, I just, it's, I can't, I can't buy it. I can't, yeah. You know, and then, it, oh, these were incinerated in nuclear blasts. Like, well, how many nuclear blasts were? There? If there were that many, wouldn't we be able to see evidence of that? Like, yeah, wouldn't we look like Mars right now? No, yeah. that's the other theory. Oh, that was a hell of a segue. Adam. Thank you. I gotta Thank give you. it to you. Yeah, I do. I, I was sitting on that all show. Uh, yeah, there's another theory that an ancient nuclear war destroyed all life on Mars. Not a Scientology uh, tentative belief. No, <laughs> as much as, it might be actually. I don't know if that corresponds. Yeah, it's super close. This one is this one is interesting. The guy who came up with it is an actual physicist. He works at the University of Wisconsin. If you listen to him in interviews, he gets very excited when someone uh, is going to come on to challenge him about his beliefs. Yeah, like he's he's very convinced that there was a nuclear blast on Mars. That destroyed all life. There's a great article uh, dismissing him where almost every single phrase in the article is in quotation marks. They're like, a physicist from the <laughs> University of Wisconsin, if that's even a place. Uh, nice. Yeah, there's a, if, if people have a whole lot of time to kill, there's a YouTube interview that you can go watch with this dude. Uh, the title of the video is Mars Was Nuked, interview with Dr. John Brandenburg. And uh, it's an infuriating podcast to watch. They take uh, commercial breaks with no commercials. They just pause and play music and then come back, which... Just a little, uh, you know, palate cleanser? Just a little break, guys. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to need to internalize a lot of hard truths. Yeah. All right? Getting your mind blown. You need to relax. They interviewed this guy, Dr. John Brandenburg. And uh, one of his arguments for why there was definitely a nuclear war on Mars is Xenon-129, which is apparently an element that's only found when a nuclear reaction happens. And his first theory was that a large, naturally occurring nuclear reactor formed on Mars at one point and exploded, 
which apparently that's a thing. Like yeah, a nuclear reactor I like looked into that form. like natural, like nu- apparently it's happened in some small extent on Earth. Yeah, I don't know exactly how. It's, it seems sounds like some kind of super volcano type situation. Yeah, there's supposed to be one in Africa. Yeah, that's what I was called, reading. Called like Oklo, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Which, I, yeah, I don't I don't know enough enough about how nuclear energy works to wrap my head around how a nuclear reactor would just pop up. Yeah, because it's not and like this, this is not like a naturally occurring Simpsons plant where they're boiling <laughs> water and spinning a turbine. It's some sort of uh, natural reaction within the uh, yeah construct of Earth's geology that gives off this radiation. Right, and his original theory was that this naturally occurring nuclear reactor formed and explode, but he later was told by someone that xenon one twenty nine is the prevailing element that's found at these nuclear hotspots that he's identified on Mars somehow. And uh, normally that would be o- only be the case if a weapon was used. So he, a couple years back, changed his, his theory from naturally occurring nuclear reactor to Mars got hit with alien bombs, <laughs> which, damn, that's a leap. Yeah. Well, I mean, that first one, I feel like that's like... At the science, you know, cotillion party, they're like, oh, that's very, that's very interesting, Mr. Binderberg. I uh, just care to elaborate. And he's like, oh, yes, you know, you're showing signs of Z929. <laughs> and the next year he comes back, his hair is all fucked up. He's got, like, <laughs> leaves sticking out of the pockets of his rented tux. And he's like, all right, they're coming for us next, all right? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, you want to just assume everything this guy's saying is nuts. But he's also, like, he comes off like a really smart guy. Yeah, I, I, I was reading, a, I was listening to a podcast that debunks this, and he's saying that Xenon-29 is not especially prevalent around um, nuclear explosions, but it is a product of, uh, like, the half-life of, like, iodine right. something is, like, 16 million years, so in a, over a long enough period of time, this will decay into, you know, Xenon-129. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be naturally occurring. Yeah. It iodine. Could, it could be, you know, Mars. kind of similar to his, his first theory or just, you know, some, there, someone was putting some iodine on him. Mars was getting an x-ray in the yeah. 50s, and they shot it up full of iodine. <laughs> isn't that what it... No, iodine was like the old hydrogen peroxide. Yeah. Wouldn't you... Like, isn't that like in Tom Sawyer, like he cuts his arm, yeah, you know, like, like a making a, a burning cross, thing. and then they fucking pour some <laughs> iodine on Yeah. Yeah, one of his... One of his things, there's no craters or signs of damage. Because one of the things that could cause xenon... Oh, oh, oh he was like, oh, it was so long ago that the fucking the sands <laughs> blew it over. You know how windy Mars is. Because one of the things that can cause xenon-129 also is meteorites. But he says there's no craters or damage near where all this radioactive activity is. Mm-hmm. So his theory is that the bomb was exploded above ground. And what bothers me about this is when he gets into all like of... Like was trying to EMP Mars. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And what bothers me is when he when you start to ask about, like, uh, okay, so who? Why? Why did they bomb the civilization on Mars? Which, at one point, he describes it as, like, a Bronze Age civilization. Like, why are you bombing them? Just go in and shoot them. Yeah. Like, just take it's a gun. Overkill. Yeah. You know, it's like the uh, it's like Desert Storm, where, like, 76 Iraqis <laughs> died. You know, Americans died, and then every Iraqi ever yeah. died. <laughs> and all he, like, in this podcast, at least, when you bring that up, he's just like, uh, I cover it in my book, Death on Mars, The Discovery of a Planetary Nuclear Massacre. Well, like, yeah, I mean, but like, also tell me before I read your book, you <laughs> idiot. Yeah, this is this would be included in the blurb. <laughs> like, well, the, the fact that he's extrapolating that there was a Bronze Age intelligent civilization, I feel like is completely unfounded. Well, yeah, 
especially <laughs> especially on Mars. Yeah. Like that, and what he goes... It's very cold there. Yeah, super cold. What he bases a lot of this on is, like, the face on Mars. Oh, yeah, I was, I was seeing some of that. And then if you take a picture of it from a different angle with a, a you know, modern craft that's been near Mars, I forget which one it was exactly. It's just like, oh, it's just a rock that yeah, had a, a flattering rocks. shadow at one point. <laughs> and again, it's similar to my thing with the, uh, you know, the uh, Bhagavad Gita, or the other, the, the manamana boop boop a uh, <laughs> where if you read enough script, you're going to find shit that syncs up. If you take enough pictures of craters, you're going to see a dick. I mean, yeah. you know, go on Reddit, <laughs> and then someone watched some clouds go by that looked like a guitar, and that's, yeah. that's going to happen. Happen. Have you ever looked into all of the Mars rover pictures that people have been oh, uploading seen... now? They're like, a squirrel spotted on Mars. <laughs> I'm like, it could just be a weird rock. Like, yeah. You never know. Yeah, that's probably, you know. And if there are squirrels up there, fuck them. I don't care. Yeah. It's stupid. Why are you in Mars? Come to Earth. We've got Starbucks down here. Yeah. F- grow some thumbs and fucking get your shit yeah. together. All right? We'll keep a, keep a tree ready for you. Fucking losers. One thing about this guy and I'm serious about this, we should get him on this podcast. 100%. Because, because he does every interview put in front of him. Yeah. Like, there are stories out there. I feel like I could reach out to him with four grammatical errors and a Yahoo account and get a detailed yeah. response. We could probably get him on the phone before we stop recording right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I feel like... He's got a Google Voice number, and uh, he doesn't have a lot to do during the day since the uh, university <laughs> cut him down to teaching one class a uh, every other semester. One class about nuclear war on Mars. Wouldn't that be great? You get tenured as a professor, and they're like, oh, God, we got to shuffle this guy off to the side. I know we're overpaying him, but we can't have the parents come to tour and be like, is that the Mars war guy? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, let me show you the vending machines. All right, we, got, we got an excellent gym here on campus. He's selling T-shirts on the side. Mars was bombed. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely need to try and get this guy on the podcast because it. I mean, I'd be interesting to see how he responds to some of these, uh, you know, iodine things that I'm uh, misquoting from smarter people. Yeah, there are, there is a lot out there debunking this. I, f- I feel like I, I want to read his book. I, I that's the thing is like I'm tempted to read this, but it's like I almost feel like with the investment of reading a book, I could just read something that's actually going to definitely make me smarter. <laughs> you know, because it's like this is like eight hours to like shit shit on a movie. It's two hours of your time. You watch it with a friend. It's right. fun, but you just you alone with it. Like this is bullshit. <laughs> Quietly in your stocking cap, like highlighting shit it's a big investment so yeah if, if nothing else just so he can have a uh, a committed uh internet uh blurb for some of his uh justifications for this and not just say read the book yeah yeah i think we'll do that this was a fun episode we should wrap it up where we yeah at? yeah aliens yeah. good time good times yeah i think i don't think it i'm definitely not sold on this as no, a theory as much as i want to be because i mean this this shit is all it, you know, in terms of rad, fantasy. Rad as fuck. Super rad. Yeah. I want to see it. Hella dope. Yeah. yeah. But, like, last week with the Oklahoma City thing, there were at least a couple... There's a lot of loose ends that are... There's a lot of stuff in there very that Very troubling, weird. you know. And this just the seems three, like... Three suicides. Two suicides, you know, shame on me. Three yeah. <laughs> government cover-ups. This just seems like a bunch of space nerds kind of arguing over their interpretation of data that no one gives a shit about well the thing about like you know uh, space shit is just by virtue of how expensive it is to launch probes and satellites and fucking you know yeah. land on other other bodies in the solar system even much less outside of our solar system you have a very limited amount of concrete data right so i mean you know the, it's not like something like geology where you're like oh you can go out to death valley and just start digging and fucking just yeah for, you know find out in six months so people they get so excited and the shit's so interesting and it's tied to 
pieces of media that have affected people's lives. They just extrapolate the wildest conclusions right. because they're just waiting for the, oh, man, I'm waiting for that fucking series probe to land on that dwarf <laughs> planet and bring back some ice samples. You know, so they just they just get overexcited, I think. Yeah. And it's just like, eh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's fun to think about. But, I mean, is it something that I would want to put a paper out and, uh, you know, justify, you know, or, you know uh, jeopardize my fucking yeah. <laughs> reputation? Just go to the mat for I, this. You know, I would, that, that should be in, like, the Marvel, like, what if comics. Like, what if Galactus <laughs> was gay? Like, oh, okay, that sounds like a fun. I'll read that for five cents in 1963, but <laughs> I don't know if I want to put it out there officially. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, fun so times. We can, uh, we can get the fuck out of here. I got to record two more things today. Do you have anything to plug before we get out of here? Uh, it's just my podcast, Me and Boys. It's a scripted comedy podcast with, uh, you know, I stutter on that one, too. And yep. uh, we got lots of games and jokes and sketches and whatnot, and it's very fun. Lots of Keith Carey. He's doing a uh, list cast tomorrow. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got a, he can, he's a pop culture guy, so, I mean, he's good at listies. Yeah, that'll be good times. Subscribe to us on Connect, pal, if you're not doing that. Or not Connect, pal. God damn it! Subscribe to us on Patreon if you're not doing that. Five dollars a month, get all our podcasts, super cheap, and uh, follow us on the socials. You know, unpops podcast on Instagram, unpops on Twitter, all those things. And uh, I think that's it. I'm gonna wrap it up so I can start setting up for the next recording. Connor, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.